Supercars in Sydney, racing all weekend long. Panasonic Air Conditioning, Sydney Super Night, 19 to 21 July. Now a ticket tap. Supercars, unforgettable. A Motorsport Podcast Network production. G'day there, it's Aaron Noonan here. Great to have you with me again for another edition of the V8 Sleuth Podcast powered by Repco. Now, last week, we had part one of our chat with John Bow, so this week, it's time for part two. Before we get to that, don't forget every Tuesday, the Castrol Motorsport News Podcast with Andrew Van Leeuwen and Stefan Bartholomeus, the boys bringing the latest in Australian and international motorsport news notes and quotes. It's a must listen. Subscribe to it now so you don't miss an episode. Now to this week's chat on the V8 Sleuth Podcast with John Bow. So in part two, we talk about a bunch of stuff. In fact, we covered a lot of ground. We talk about his time at Brad Jones Racing, including the time that he and Brad gambled on tyres and took a 1-2 at the Australian Grand Prix. We talk about what it was like finishing second to Greg Murphy's Lap of the Gods, which, let's just say, JB's not that thrilled with. Uh, we talk about his massive shunt at Pukekohe in New Zealand in 2006 with the throttle jammed on his Team BOC Falcon. Uh, he talks to about a change he'd like to make to the Touring Car Masters technical regulations, and he'll tackle your National Motor Racing Museum couch racer questions as well. Here we go, buckle up. Time to start part two of John Bow on the V8 Sleuth podcast, powered by Repco. Now, we talked in that one a fair bit of DJR era, which obviously is pretty obvious territory for any mm-hmm. chat with you about that great decade that you had with DJ. We talked a bit about Cat and the Briggs and how all that deal happened and how it all didn't happen in the end. But we didn't really get on to, we ran out of time, Brad Jones Racing, your time with Kim and Brad. Yeah. So I thought we might be able to dive a bit into that in this episode. Okay. So 2002, they expand to two cars. You've had your Briggs um, Experience. deal end. Yep. You, you join up with Bradley and you're there for, I think, the next, what, five or so years, 02 yeah. to 06. Yeah. Um, one of the ones that our fans have messaged about, um, do you remember the day at the Grand Prix that you and Bradley went one, two? Oh, Absolutely. Clearly. That was like, <laughs> Clearly. You, always, was gonna, you, you remember, remember the things you won. Yeah, hang on. Who won, out, who won that one out oh, of I you won. two? I won. I thought you'd rem- I won remember that. I thought you'd remember <laughs> that. So this was the day that it was wet <laughs> yeah. and you blokes went, nah, let's go slicks. Yeah, yeah. Um, the, the, how it all came about, first of all, to drive for BJR, which is now quite a – Big, huge big place. Organ- There's forty odd people. There. Yeah, huge organisation, but it wasn't a big organisation then. But it was came about through Howard Marsden, who was Ford Racing manager at the time, and he put it together. Brad wanted to expand to two cars. Um, I knew Brad and Kim since they were, you know, Kimmy was skinny and. <laughs> Bradley had a Brad had a mullet. <laughs> oh, I've got photos of that too. <laughs> uh, so I knew them well, and and you know we we we're both country people, so we we always got on good. And Howard said you can either drive. Uh, oh, I think we did. It yeah. was there or Keys Wheels. Wheels place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. And and Phil Curtis, who had been my mechanic at DJ in, in a period, uh, and had come over to Cat in Western Australia when it was there. He goes, I think we should go to to BJR. So, you know, 
I've accused Dick of being taking the path of least resistance, but I do it too. <laughs> you know, so I go, okay, whatever you reckon. Let's go. Whatever you reckon. So off we go. Phil moved to Albury with his young family who are now grown up. Uh, and funny, you know, I saw him. Eastern Creek, uh, our first round of Touring Car Masters this year, he was there with a guy, a young kid, uh, in a Toyota 86. So he's still in motorsport, still helping, still doing these. He's a good operator, you know, he's a really good operator. So he came to Brad's and he, you know, he's a fairly forthright, stubborn Kiwi, you know, and he, <laughs> he knocked the place into shape quite quickly. And so, you know, it was good. It was a good mm. period of time. We had a good good time together. We were reasonably competitive at times, you know. Uh, I think, in you know, looking back in hindsight, at, at the era we probably, we you know, we were running in 2005 and six the same basic cars we were using in 2002, so we didn't evolve. And that's where the results started to... Fade away yeah. a bit, yeah, and... Uh, but it was, you know, good time, good fun, mm-hmm. you know. Brad's, you know, Brad's Brad. He's he's a unique critter. Well. And, and he's and both of them are still my friends. So, you know, if you raced with somebody and they're still your friends 20 years later or 15 years later, they were okay. Mm. Yeah, and there's a lot of people that I raced with that I'm not friends with. <laughs> and we and, haven't got time to go through the list. And there's a, quite a lot that I am still friends yeah. with, you see. So if, as long as they don't. Torture too hard. You you can stay friends with them. Yeah, <laughs> you guys were mega competitive at Bathurst. I, mean, yeah. I think on the last pod we talked about O two that AU that was yeah fantastic really car. lit. That was really yeah. fast. That car there was yep. a, the literal thirty cent bit that that had the drama. Mm. But I wanted to quickly talk about O three. Mm-hmm. So it's the black. Remember that there was the white and the black yeah, yeah. car. So yeah. Brad was the white. You were the black. The black one always looked better. I reckon. Well, the so black, much, and, black and green. Black and green or yeah. white and green. And yeah. so much so that I think there's been a car or two over the years later on down the line where the owners have gone, well, my car was actually the white one, but I like the black livery better. I'm going to paint it black. Yeah, so, I met a guy at Phillip Island, uh, you know, only a few weeks ago that's got the white one. One of those cars. Well, I said, what are you going to paint it, white or black? Oh, I think black because it looks better black. <laughs> well, I, I but agree. I, I totally yeah, agree. Yeah, totally so agree. anyway. So this is the weekend of – Greg Murphy setting this lap of the gods time that blew everyone away. You had you had nailed like your best lap. You are P one. Everyone's jaws on the ground, and you are forgotten from history for that. I'm because glad of what happened you next. haven't got a camera. You'd see me almost dry reaching. <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyway, the lap of the gods, eh? Couldn't believe it. So you journalistic people the, have created the, that. Could have been the lap of the bearded one. Yeah, it could have been. Yeah, but but I mean the. The engine did the work. Tell them all. Just saying. Just saying. Yeah, the engine did the work. I mean, you know, obviously, you, Greg Murphy's a very, very good driver, obviously, but, mm. you know, in that particular case, the engine did the work. You know, it was like looking at it, watching. If you watch the footage now you and you watch the footage of mine, his was on the rev limiter like 200 metres where mine wasn't on the rev limiter at all. Mm, mm. So that's the engine. Mm. There is a difference between engines and engines. And, and it was an engine. And it was an engine. Mm. But, it, you know, it got this great lap of the gods thing. I wonder who made that up. Was it plastic? I, I 
It's a good question, actually. Every time someone brings it up, yeah, it annoys me. Uh, okay, so I've annoyed you now. I'm going to say some nice <laughs> things now to, to get you back on side with me. Look, I we don't think I, anyone that's listening to this don't think I'm bitter. <laughs> Much. <laughs> Much. So, no, I'm not. So, Oh three, so that's the the year that you and Stevie Richards got together late in the race. I think you ended up in the sand down yeah, turn one. Yeah, yeah. Um, the next year, you and Bradley finished on the podium. You were third. Yeah. So you, you were always in the game when you two got together. Oh, in we that, were. That yeah, period yeah, there yeah, at Bathurst, yeah. and then that next oh five oh six year, we had lots you didn't of trouble. Keep up. No, you no, couldn't we quite didn't keep up. The no. stones were really strong. Um, yeah, yeah. Triple eight were getting stronger. Yeah, and it got harder and harder for yeah. for BJR. Developmentally, we we stood still, but it was a small team in in hindsight. Mm. And you know, it just it is what it is. You have your moments. I mean, you got to admire Triple Eight that are there every year. I mean, they really aligned like the whole thing, didn't they? You know, once they got their mojo going, mm. you know, they they every year they're there, they're there. They've mm. won all these championships. When they've lost, they've only just lost. You yeah, know. they didn't finish 10th. They were still second. Second, third, yeah, yeah. So away, yeah. anyway, we, we had good times and we had bad times, which is pretty normal for motorsport. But um, Brad and I, first of all, he loved Bathurst. As a driver, still, does. still drive, does, yeah, loved it. And he always drove out of his skin at Bathurst, you know. So uh, when I look back on it, running the team and driving would be very difficult. Mm. Yeah, and that's mm. what he was doing at the time. Um, so, yeah, we, we always, you know, he was, he was a superstar at Bathurst. I reckon he's probably underrated. In, he's now a superstar of business. Oh, just ask him. Just ask well, no, him. but he's survived. Oh, hey, he's, he's, I was going to say, Crompton calls him the nuclear cockroach that just keeps <laughs> on keeping on through a nuclear disaster. There will be Bradley. He will survive. <laughs> He'll pop out of the wreckage. Ta-da, here I am. By uh, the way, I've got he, a race car. Do you want to put a sticker on it? I so. talk to him regularly and he his enthusiasm for the game still is Hasn't changed. so – Easy to see and hear, you know. It, 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 you got to mm. absolutely give him his credit. I'd love uh, young Heimgartner, who I rate quite highly, to to get some results for him. Mm. You know, so I mean, they you do get results. Cool. They yeah, do yeah. get results, but you know, to be the Podiums level of of yeah. DJR now, post Penske and Triple Eight, is very hard job. Mm. You know, so. Whether they've got the wherewithal to do that, I don't know, but it'd be great to see it. Really, really great to see it because so, he's a good bloke. Yeah, definitely, mm. definitely. Yeah. I spoke with him earlier in the year. If you haven't heard that podcast, there's a two-parter with Bradley from the start of the year when I went for a little drivey drive. Oh, okay. Did you? Yeah, and he wouldn't come to you. No. <laughs> unless you paid for the petrol. Yeah, well, I was going to say petrol prices were a little <laughs> nicer at the start of the year compared to where we're at now. <laughs> I had a story. I've got a story. A Bradley story? Oh, yeah, a bit, just a, a Do funny. we have to bleep anything? No, 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 oh, it's okay, just a funny story. One particular year, I can't remember what it was, 2005 maybe, I said, I called him and I said, how about, can I, instead of me staying in the motel, how about... It, it, where's this at? Bathurst. Right, for the event. For yeah, the, for, for the, the Bathurst yep. 1000. How about I get a motorhome and I'll stay in the pits, you know, like... And Which he, now is common. Common, Everyone yes, it. Yeah. but it wasn't then. I, I had this period where I thought I wanted to be a motorhomer. Um, anyway, <laughs> I, uh, he goes, no, 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 can't do that. Too expensive. No, 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 you'll stay where you normally stay, which which his dad had, had booked for 25 years. Uh, you had to back into the toilet because it was so small, the room. 
<laughs> anyway, later he rings me. He goes, I've decided that uh, you can have that motorhome. I go, gee, that's nice. Brad, thanks. Thanks. He said, you'll have to pay half of it. And I go, oh, okay, okay. Can we get a decent one though? You know, and I forget what it was. I think it was a swagman or something. It's nice. Nice. You know. There's a punchline coming here. Oh, no, no. And uh, so I, I thought, oh, God, he's a good bloke. Anyway, I get there and, and uh, I said, what did you do with the room that I, I was going to have? He said, oh, I needed that for someone else. That's only reason yeah. he let me have the moto. <laughs> <laughs> it was nothing to do with being a good bloke. He just punted you for yeah, the room. He just punted me because he needed the room. I think he might have needed it for John Cleland or somebody. Uh, not well, well, it was for a John. That's whatever, okay. whatever, whatever, anyway. Whatever. It was just normal. Though. I, I thought it was funny. The things these streets have seen, like legends, half man, half machine who head up north to go down in history. But here in the Ville, nothing comes for free. Because here, there's no should. These streets reveal what's really under the hood. If these streets could talk, they wouldn't. They'd roar. They've seen the unforgettable, and they just want more. NTI Townsville 500. Book now at Ticketech. Uh, i tell you what wasn't funny. The day at Pookie when your throttle jammed. Oh, no, that wasn't funny. Poor Scotty Wensley, the photographer who was yeah. normally there to capture accidents, became part of it. He was in the accident. He broke yeah. his leg, I think, yeah, he the, did. The, the way that the fence post. Yeah. The, the, so, is that – when you think of – I mean, we talked Philip Island 96, that one's a common one, the, the rollover and the shunt with mm. Lowndes. But is that kind of, of the shunt you had in your V8 era, one that people probably forget about? about I think they probably it forget about it, yeah. Yeah, it was, it was, it was a big, big crash. It was like – even in the Phillip Island, which was a multiple rollover, which has never been captured on film, and we still haven't found the bike. Still that never found the it. No, to help you. it's. Uh, I never ever thought I was going to die in it, but the one at Pukekohe, I as just before I hit the the, the sleepers, that was what it hit. It was a fence made out of sleepers. Mm. Uh, just before I hit it, I thought this is going to kill me. This was real. Yeah, serious. it really, truly. It's funny how your brain going. works. Oddly. Uh, yeah, so the the part of the airbox, which is carbon, had was had guides sort of glued inside it to channel the air to the trumpets. Part of it had broken off and wedged in the in the linkages, unbeknownst to me. So mm-hmm. we're going down the straight at Pookie, past the pits, uh, was flat out in in fifth gear, so on the limiter, so it would have been to 245, 250k. Quick enough. So fast enough, yeah. And, I think and you'd have a little break, like a, a good firm but not long break and turn into turn one in fifth gear still. So it was quite a quick corner. I've come off the throttle to put my foot on the brake and the throttle's jammed because mm. the carbon had gone into the linkages and jammed it open. And wasn't this a byproduct because we had reverse grid races yes, going there? Yes, it was. So there was a, you know, always the nose to tail with the in, faster Into the end of the back through. straight. And so you had a bit of damage at the yeah, front yeah. and that's what had yeah. sort of caused that and then off you went. Yeah, so yeah, so I've clutched it and stood on the brake pedal because I was on the brake pedal anyway mm. and uh, Crompton's in the commentary. He's heard this thing on the rev limiter because I've, I've clutched it. And within about a millisecond, it's hit, hit the fence. Mm. And when they checked the data later, I've pushed the brake pedal twice as hard as you can actually physically do it. So 
When you really got when to I sa- you. If I sat in the car and stood on the brake pedal as hard as I could, well, I made twice, twice the pressure prior to that accident. So it's like you get this superhuman save your life thing. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So it's just amazing. Anyway. So great big impact. Car hits the fence. Poor Scotty was behind there taking pictures with his long lens and the sleepers, as they would, because they're made out of wood, mm. splinter and part of the sleeper goes through his leg and mm. breaks his breaks his tibia, yeah. I think, or fibula. Yeah. I'm not sure which is which. Leg. Leg. So he was in hospital for a few weeks. Uh, I, I called him regularly because uh, I know him, of course, and um, and I've – the car's come to rest and I've shaken my head like you do sometimes to get your eyeballs mm. to stop spinning. And I've thrown the door open and jumped out and I've forgot to unhook the radio. So the cord, the stretchy cord, has pulled me back in. So as everybody's watching, John Russell was there then at DJR. John Russell thought that uh, I'd broken something so he started running down towards the accident. And, but it was uh, just you with your And radio. then he's, he's tripped over and nearly broken his leg. And, oh, I mean, no. it's just, yeah, anyway. Calamity. Yeah, calamity. But I was I was actually okay, so I'm very lucky, you know. I mean, I think if you're a fatalist, when your time's up, your time's up. Mm. Mm. But and it was a big crash. He's got his leg repaired. He still shoots at supercar races. I saw him at Sydney Motorsport Park yep. a few weeks ago. So if anyone's wondering what happened to Scotty, the photographer, yeah. He's, he's still way, in the business. He's still, around, still around the game. And so am I. He's, he's still there. You're still and there, hopefully so. so. Um, why did you leave Brad's at the end of 06? We, we, we've talked before about how you could have gone maybe with Larry for yeah. next year and you ended up yeah. with Paul Crookshank. Yeah. Was it just time to leave or was Andrew coming through? Yeah, Andrew was coming through. I, uh, the reason I left DJR really was because there's two reasons. One, Stevie J was in the background and I – you know, I've always rated him highly as a driver and uh, I thought he needed the opportunity uh, and unfortunately he didn't get it that year, he got a year later. But uh, And Andy was the same. You know, Andy had won the, the development Division 2 or whatever you call it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, uh, yeah. and uh, I, you know, thought he, he deserved a chance and I had this opportunity with – Paul Crookshank, who I'd known for a very long time, you know, he was my mechanic on the first year of the Sierras and he'd been to UK, worked for Dick Bennett's and, what on, you know, so he had a lot of experience. The car wasn't that great but you don't know, you know, as you get older you don't know whether it's the car or yourself, you know. So anyway, that's what I did. I chose to, to go there and it wasn't a good year because, first of all, we didn't go that well uh, competitively. And I was really like I had my mental issues then, you know, which was serious, serious depression. So it wasn't something I look back on with fondness. Mm, mm. Yeah, so – but I look back on a lot of my motor racing life with fondness, but that period of time I don't, you know, and it's, it's – it's, uh, you know, like anyone that suffers from depression knows what it's like. It's yeah, bloody totally. dreadful, dreadful. Totally. Yeah. And was that a case then that it was time to stop – Supercar or you know full time V eight supercars you still raced lots of stuff since and after that because of what was going on away from the track or no, was it no. a case of oh it's time anyway I I'm- think it's uh, I think I thought you know when people call you start calling you veteran and all that stuff <laughs> you know and, and it, it's 
yeah, I don't know, if you're sensitive, and I am a bit sensitive, I suppose, about stuff like that, I think, oh, well, maybe it's time to stop it. So I did. Mm. I did. I was still doing some racing with, you know, in GT and mm. still doing – well, I, I got into Tourniquet Masters by sort of accident but with the help of several people and I actually really enjoyed it because the cars are, you know, raw – Mm. Yeah, and, mm. and you know, the, the, the latter part of my supercar life, you spend half your life analysing data and talking to engineers that don't yeah, actually… it becomes less about driving yeah, cars, which is kind of why yeah, you started doing yeah, it. Yeah, and I, I just… And trying to find a tenth here and a tenth there and being told how to drive by a guy that's never driven and, you know… Mm. I mean, I know you've got to have it and you can't undo science and, uh, you know, mm. modern thinking, but this was early days of all that and, uh, you know, I mean, when I drove for Dick, we never looked at the data ever. I mean, we had… <laughs> Who's buying dinner? <laughs> yeah, that's right. It was like, you know, come on, he'd, he'd be out the back of the garage blowing the horn. Come on, let's go. Let's go. We've got to go and have dinner. So, yeah, uh, I think I just wore myself out a bit, you know, mm. to be honest. Mm. Uh, I'd been in it since like 86, so… It was 2007. It's quite a long time. Yeah, and totally. uh, and I honestly, since then, I've I've loved most of the racing I've done. You know, the Turinco Masters particularly, because I've said this many times. The cars have got eight-inch wheels. They've got little wheels. Mm. They've got supercar-style horsepower. They've got four gears. No aero. None. Zero. Oh. I know. You know. So they're fun. Yeah. And they got little brakes. Uh, 305 mil rotors. That's pretty small. Pretty small. We don't want you having too good a gear. No, no, no. But we want cars sliding. We want cars passing. I think I've recommended this to the uh, to the ARG people. I don't know whether they'll act on it somewhere along the line, but that we go to the tyres that they use in Group N, which are a Hoosier cross ply with a very fine tread but they slide way more and they allow you to st- slide way more. The ones we use are radials. They're only eight inch wide, but they're radials. And sliding them is not conducive to good lap time, mm. even though you can't help it sometimes. Mm. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so I, I figure, and a lot of people, I know TCM is full of politics, like most motorsport, mm. but this is probably most political category I've ever raced in. Uh, but a lot of people like it because, you it's know. fan favourite. They it's, grow up with yeah. Tiranas or Mustangs or they all want to own a Mustang. I, I've never met anybody that doesn't want to own a Mustang. Um, it's probably a few Holden listeners who might disagree. Uh, I don't know. You but know, I reckon if you put one under their nose, yeah, oh, it's sit here, good. give me 100 bucks, you can have it. Yeah. Well, very, few, get over the very few would sell it. Uh, so, you know, GT Falcons, now we've got Stevie J and his XD, you know, which is a, a, a colour tribute to his mm. dad's one, uh, much more, you know, scientific. Mm. It's a very clever car. And we've got Marcus Sikanovic, who's a, you know, terrific driver and, and has probably never had recognition like he, he should have had, you know. Uh, and, you know, other guys like George Medecki's in and out is a really good driver. So, you know, it's just, and, and I think my, probably my favourite other than Stevie J is um, 
Ryan Hansford because I was friends with his dad and mm. he's, he's, he looks like his dad, he drives like his dad, he sounds like his dad. Yeah. He's his walks dad. You know, he, yeah. walk, he, he walks the walk and talks the talk. He's yeah. a, and he's a great he's a bloke, but a he's hard a ass driver, but not an idiot, you know. Yeah. So it's, it's, I, I enjoy it because there's no, sh- my dad used to say, no sheep stations, you know. Yeah. I mean, whether you win or you lose, it's not going to make a difference to your life. Yeah. It's not like you get any prize money. People no. may be uh, surprised to hear that. What do you get if you, if you win six? Uh, Touring Car Masters Championships. Six trophies. Six trophies, That's exactly. Yeah. And spend a lot of money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> spend a lot of money. You pay to play, you That's know, it. which is one of the few sports in the world you pay to play. Yeah. But it yeah. is what we what we do. It's, yeah, it's everyone knows the deal when they sign it. They say yeah, it is, we love it all it and that's what it is. I tell you one of the things we do love though too, we love memorabilia. We love collectibles. We love all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's a little way to give a little plug to the motorsporttrader.com um, who keep motor racing memories alive. They've got a bunch of stuff online to, to sell. There's race suits. There's body panels. Is probably that, some of your old ones. Is that your oh, – is, is no, it's not your no, business, no? No, not, not mine, but they're one of our partners here on the podcast. Okay. Wheels, memorabilia, panels, suits. They've got a bit of everything. Have a look at their website, themotorsporttrader.com, which links me to something that I want to talk to you about. Yeah. I've noticed lately on Facebook you doing a little bit of a series lately of you with some of your old trophies <laughs> and telling some of the stories behind them. Is this a case where you've got that many trophies yeah. that you've got Facebook content for years yeah. or have you just gone – you know what? I've forgotten no, what look, I've got here. Let's I have ca- a look. Unlike George Washington, I cannot tell a lie. Uh, this is um, the idea. The the guy that looks after my Facebook, Shane, is a friend of way back. Uh, he it was his idea. He it's said, all his fault. It's well, no, but it's it's. I'm surprised by the interest. Yeah, it's cool. I'm surprised by the interest. So I'm I'm standing up on the on the couch last night taking a picture of you know of another trophy. Like it's anyway. It's it's uh, it's. I'm really touched by the interest because I thought I had this bright light moment a, a few months ago. I'm driving along Beach Road, which is not far from here, and and I'm thinking. Uh, what am I going to? What's going to happen when I die? Like a very dark, morbid it's a long way thought. Off. It's a uh, long, long way off. What's going to happen to all those trophies? And There's I'm, a lot of trophies from your thousand plus race career. Yeah, I gave a lot of them. All the Vescando ones I gave to Bernie. Uh, some of the uh, Prancing Horse and Marinello ones I gave to them. I just left them, mm. but I've still got a lot. Mm. I've got boxes of them. I've got shelves full of them. I've got. It's interesting. <sighs> a lot of drivers. Some teams have different deals where the team gets the trophy, not the driver. Did you ever have that no, situation? No, no, it was no, always if you no, won it, did, it yeah. was yours. Well, I'd never ask. I just put it <laughs> just in the bag it. and went home. <laughs> <laughs> I've always been one to ask for forgiveness, not permission. <laughs> the. Uh, uh, I, I think the when I go for Dick, I they used to put like a garland around your neck mm. in that shell series quite often. I used to give them a garland. Uh, uh, how many times did you hear Tom Smith here from uh, Shell yeah, or yeah. Ross Brody? Ross Brody, Brody yeah, represent yeah. the winner's garland. Yeah, and for you being a shell bloke was sweet. But for Brock with Mobile or for anyone else, uh, Larry with Castrol, anyone Covered else with an oil sponsor, straight off to lift it up and get it out of the way because they weren't their sponsors. <laughs> Covered up their sponsors. <laughs> I think that was done on purpose. <laughs> anyway, it was, uh, uh, yeah, so I've thought about it a bit lately and I haven't never thought about it before this year really, to be honest. So 
I, I think maybe I should sell them. I mean, would anyone buy them? Oh, yeah. You reckon? I reckon V8 Sleuth could uh, assist you, you there. Yeah, okay. Uh, have you found any that you thought, oh, wow, how cool is that? I forgot I had that or I've got one backstory? Uh, I found one last night uh, and it's quite recent. It's when Peter Edwards, whose car it was and drove as well, uh, Mika Salo, Lounsey and me won the 12-hour race in the Ferrari, the 458, and uh, it was sent by – it came from Marinello. It came from factory, the oh, factory, wow. and it's got, uh, you know – Presented to John Bear or something or other, and uh, and at the bottom it's got from the Museum of Enzo Ferrari in Modena. That's cool, and it's and it, it is, and it's it's like carbon fiber, and you know it's really it's trick. a cool trophy. Some of these other things, I tell you, they a bit hokey. Well, you know, I mean, you see a trophy now. The ones I've I got some trophies at Bathurst last end of last year. Uh, from ARG, and I got a trophy at uh, S- um, Sydney Motorsport Park recently for TCM. A third place trophy, I've got to say. But the Bathurst, nothing. The Bathurst one was was actually a, a, a round win and, and a series win. So, and they're really good trophies. Like they look like trophies. Yeah. yeah. Whereas some of the ones that you used to get, they look very shoddy. But you know, I, I don't know. I, I just wonder because my kids. Uh, I love them to death, but they're not interested in motorsport. They, 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 the gene hasn't passed on. No, no, and probably because I didn't encur- encourage it. Mm. Uh, they, they're all academically clever, mm. and I, you know, I, I wouldn't want them to go to the tip these trophies. But I also, you know, I don't know. Maybe I, 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 I need you to come around and have a coffee we, one day we, and we have can, a look. We can ponder. You have a look. We can ponder. We'll. We'll, we'll come up this. with a plan. We'll come up with a yeah, strategy. Yeah, yeah, do that, please. Yeah. We'll yeah, do that. Yeah. Happy to help. Because I've still got of... boxes of them and I've never unpacked. Oh, you've got no idea what you've got. No, I haven't. No, oh, no. It'll be just, a long coffee, mate. It's uh, there's some I've, you know, in my office, I've got some there on display and, you know, the ones that, I don't know what happened. They must have come out of the first box. <laughs> <laughs> and there's a few, yeah, anyway, whatever. We'll have a dick. We'll I'm, have a I'm dick. glad I've got them, honestly, because, I mean, my racing life has been, when I stop to think about it, which is not that often, but I'm thinking about it now because I'm talking to you, I stop to think about it. I think, how lucky have I been, you know? I've raced cars essentially all my adult life. What year was your first actual race? 71. And we're in 2022. Mm. So we're into your 55. Yeah, first year. I don't tell anybody that much because then it makes people go, Jesus, is he's old. <laughs> and I hate that. You've you've never done a driver profile date of birth listing in your life, have you? I never. have, but I didn't do it enough. <laughs> I should have wound it you back way <laughs> more, way more. David Siegel used to tell me I should have wound it back further. He was the DJRPR guy. Yeah, he was, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, I yeah. Think that, I, he may dispute this, but I got him the job. Because he was the editor of Auto Action at one stage, you know, which is where I met him. Mm. Yeah, no, he's a good bloke. He's, we still chat sometimes. Yeah. He's managed a lot of drivers in oh, recent times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's spent time working with Will Davison and Jack yeah. LeBrock and Lowndes. Oh, Lowndes for a long time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I should have uh, got him to manage me really, but I was always unwilling to pay the 15%, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I was too mean. But he would have probably got me more money, you well, know. I was going to say, spend a bit to get a bit more. Yeah, negotiating your own deals is not easy. No, that's uh, – well, you're still here, so it must have worked out I okay. guess so. I hey, guess so. um, a lot of our listeners would like to know, how are you travelling health-wise? Because obviously early last year there was the, the news about the prostate cancer and this is yep. a little – I want to do a little reminder to blokes out there, get your bits checked. 
get yeah, on just it, blood tests, all that PSA testing, PSA get test, on it. Easy. Um, give us the quick take. Quick, so, uh, so those who might not have known the story or know how it came to be and how simple it can be to keep an eye on too, and, and of course how you how you're tracking at the moment. Yeah, no, I'm uh, I am okay. I yes, uh, last week I got a PSA. I get a PSA every six months. I then have a, a meeting with uh, Peter Mack, you know, cancer place, and uh, it was only yesterday or Monday, Monday, that I had a meeting with a oncologist. That's what they call them. Yep. And my PSA is good, which is a level reading. Level reading, yeah. Then you want low. Yeah. You want they low. all they do is is you get a, a referral from your doctor to get a PSA test or a blood test. While you're getting the blood test, you might as well get it done for everything else because mm. they, they can do lots of – it's like you take your car to a BMW service agent and they plug a computer into it. A blood test is the same. They can tell you if your heart's buggered or your lungs are buggered or everything. Yeah. They do a while we're at it, let's look at full, it full service. And that's how I found it, mm. to be honest, I, because I, cause of the racing, I get more medical checks than – I probably normally would. For licences. Well, not that. No. Just because I don't want to just want to deteriorate any more yeah. than I've already deteriorated, sure, you sure. know. And, uh, yeah, so uh, I'm, I'm fine. My level's good and I get another one in six months' time. So, so, so far, so good. Um, one of my friends, which I feel guilty saying this because he was my friend and I haven't seen him for years, John Trimble, mm. just passed away from prostate cancer. Yeah. So. If you let it go too far, you, you're in deep trouble. Mm. But if you get a, a, a blood test, it takes about 30 seconds at, at uh, pathology, you know, Dorovich or mm. whoever. Any of the joints. Any of up, the joints. Uh, yep. It's all on your Medicare thing. Mm. So not going to cost you. It costs you nothing and, and they, they'll give you a result within three or four days and, you know, if you're up high, they'll probably send you back and do another one and then they start checking. Mm. And you do various tests, but I mean, it saves you, it saved my life, no mm. question. And it's only f- fortune that I had it done. Mm. So you know, if you don't do it, and you, and the prostate cancer gets a good hold of you, or can get outside your prostate, you can end up, you know, as Frank Gardner used to say, under the grass. Mm. Mm. And it should be told too that. If it does get out a little bit or it's manageable and it can, you know, people yep. who tend to have it, have it for a long time and can still mm. live a long, long time. So they can, yeah. For, yeah. for people who might not have known someone with someone with it, um, gone through it, been connected to it, been exposed mm. to it, I just thought, well, we, a, we want to yeah, see yeah. air tracking. Yeah. But also it's a, it's a little reminder to everyone who's listening to our pod. I know we've got a lot of, you know, a lot of men and a lot of men in the age bracket that yeah. it, it, it yeah. hits in it. And, and even, you know, I'm 40, um, but you you know, start whether now. you're in your 30s or 40s, uh, 40 is, go is, and uh, get on it. Get yeah, on it. It's definitely, definitely once you turn Don't think 40? it's a 50 or 60 thing. No, it's not. Get on it early because no. if you could get on it early, you'll whip it and you'll be sweet. It'll, Since it'll be I've, ha- I've had this and had the treatment and whatever, uh, I, I, it's, I honestly have had hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people contact me through social media or telephone or email, email or yep. whatever, asking about it, whatever. I always try and call them back and tell them what I had. I can only speak for myself, but there's lots of different options you have, mm. you know, for treatment. And, uh, yeah, so you've got to do it. You've got to do it. Mm. Get yeah. on it. Yeah. Get on it, absolutely. Mm. 
National Motor Racing Museum, Mount Panorama. You've driven past it many times at the bottom mm-hmm. of Conrod Strait. Been there, been in there. I was going to say you've been in there plenty yeah. of times yeah. over yeah. the years, and some of your cars would have been too. Uh, they're open every day of the week except Tuesday. Don't go on Tuesdays because the doors won't open. I'm not likely to be there on a Tuesday. Well, I just, I'm just telling you. Yep. All of our listeners as well. Yep. Don't go there on Tuesday. They're not there. Uh, they won't be able to get you in the door. But they've got some really great stuff there. They're great friends of ours here on the podcast, yes. and they bring you our couch racer questions section. Where basically fans send us messages on social. Isn't it a fantastic place you. though? Oh, it's, 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 it's cool. awesome. Oh, it's I, I love wandering in there so because in, in recent years there's lots of stuff coming and lots of stuff going. There's yeah. for a while there it was a bit stagnant and yeah, the, the guy that runs stuff, it and I, his name is Brad Scotsman. Owen. Is the yeah, guy? Is yep. a terrific he's a, bloke he's a and he's. He's so enthusiastic. Well, he knows his stuff. Well, we, I think I've said this on the pod before. So Brad is the, the coordinator of the museum for the Bathurst Regional Council. Yeah. And he got the job because his brother spotted a story that we wrote saying, hey, there's a job at Bathurst to run the museum. This would be a dream job for someone. And told him about it. And he got the job. For it, got the job. Hey, he's been in Bathurst for a couple of years. Yeah, so there no, you go. He's, he certainly turned it up. Turned it up. Turned absolutely. It up, yeah. Now. National Motor Racing Museum couch racer <coughs> questions, JB. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got lots. We couldn't get to them all, but we'll do our best to work our way through <laughs> right So Elliot Beaton on Facebook asks about how you've had a steer of a Peter Jackson, Glenn Seaton Sierra. With all the years you spent driving Dick Shell cars, how did you find driving another Sierra from a rival team that you didn't drive in the period? Okay. I've actually, to, to fully flesh this answer, I've driven uh, the last DJR Sierra, which Terry Lawler had. Lawler had. Now in New Zealand. Now in New Zealand. Um, I drove it at the Adelaide Motorsport Festival about three years ago. And it was, I thought, wow, how good is this? I did a a, a demo. Um, It had a modern day engine management. Makes life easier. And it had modern tyres. Makes life way easier. And I thought, wow, wish they had been like this. We would have won everything by three laps. The one that I drove recently, which was uh, Glenn's last car, so it's an, it was a 92 car, was very much like I remember Dick's car. It still had the period engine management system, which had massive turbo lag, like massive. I couldn't believe, you know, I mean, the guy that's got it, it's beautiful. It's like mint. But it is like it was. Mm. It's not modernised or anything. And the guy who owns it, like, came up to the door like like a, a puppy with a. What do you think? What, what do, do you think? think? And I I said, uh, it's how I remember them. Yeah, I didn't know <laughs> what to say. So bloody it's hell! Very nice way to. Put <laughs> it was so much lag. I mean, you, it's. One, two, yeah. three, there's some power now. There it goes. And when it goes, it goes like a, you know. Have you driven any others here? Uh, yes, I drove an uh, the ANZ Eggenberger car. was owned by a guy in Sydney who's a, a enthusiastic uh, finder of, you know, historic touring cars, and he's had quite a lot, and I can't remember his name, Robert someone. Robert Ingram. That's him. Mm. Yeah, well done. Mm. Uh, he had the ANZ car, the Eggenberger car, for a while, and I drove it for a story for Unique Cars magazine about five years ago. That was much easier to drive than the DJR cars because it had less lag, and I suspect it, you know, it was a different spec. Eggenberger stuff was higher, static compression, less boost. Dick's cars were 
low compression, lots of boost. Mm. So made more power at the top end, but more lag at the bottom end. So yep. so that was a very nice car though, that, that car. I would have liked to have had a race in that, but he didn't offer. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, just come on now. You've had enough races. No, you? no. You've got enough to do. Uh, no. Another question here from Wrenchy83. This is like Instagram. Yeah, yeah, handles, okay. By okay. The way. Yeah. Uh, how did driving the EBEL era touring cars of the 90s compare to the BA Falcon onwards in the in the 2000s? Um, I – they got – they had less downforce in those early days. So – in reality, they were much the same, but the later cars were a bit more s- stable. When you, when you say downforce, it's not like it's glued to the road or anything, mm. but a little more stable. In fact, the I think the AU was more stable than the BA. That's my opinion. Um, the AU had a bigger rear wing, and you know it was just more stable through, particularly places like Bathurst. You know where you're over up and down and all over the place. Um, the, the, I have very fond memories of the EBEFEL thing because I was it was my time with DJR and you know I had a good time there. I mean, I've said a hundred thousand times I should have probably stayed there, but mm. but I didn't. So, and we're still friends. I mean, you know, I drove down to Phillip Island the other day specifically to see Young Jet race. His grandson. So He's so yeah. So you know, I'm friends with the family. I hope. I'll always be friends with the family. So, uh, yeah, I've got very fond memories of those cars, particularly the EF, uh, because when that came about, you know, it was it was sort of a – I thought it was – the guy that did it did that car as, as a Ford project was a guy called Greg Harbert, who was an engineer with Ford, and he went to the Hercules – wind tunnel in the States, which is not a moving floor, so it was a pretty basic wind tunnel, but did quite a lot of work on it. It was a really good car. So I've said a lot of times, and I still say, you, you go well as a racing driver when you've got a good car and a good team, and if you've got a bad car and a bad team, you go crappy. So that's <laughs> the way it is. It's very simple for <laughs> it me. Is, isn't it? Really? Yeah, it is. Find the right people and the right car and you go well. Yep, find some good ingredients, cook it right. Absolutely, yep, true. Uh, Alan Marks on Facebook, how has the evolution of driving the Ferrari GT cars over the years? Remember the the 355 Challenge that you drove um, Mm. for Ross Parr in the 90s? Uh, You had the Nations Cup 360 Challenges and then the GT with Prancing Horse and then, of course, the 458 that you've talked about with the the 12-hour with Lowndes and and Mikasano and the like. I did a few races in there. You did a lot of Ferrari-ing there. I did there, yeah. I was a a pin-up boy for Ferrari. Oh, there's a 430 in there too, I think I forgot as well. uh, 430 and also a 4... I did did a few races in the 488 as well, but not many. I did a couple of races. Um, They just got more downforce. Mm. As they got more downforce and more downforce and more downforce and more downforce, and they're still red, and um, they're still getting more downforce. You know, like I mean, there's a, the, the last weekend, the, the new Audi, an evolution of the Audi. You know, there's been about more downforce, ten, ten <laughs> evolutions of more it. Planes, more, more planes, more planes, more things, more, more bits, bits and bobs. Yep. And yep. Uh, anybody that knows me thinks knows that I'm not a fan of too much downforce. Um, but in the day. You when more. it came along, I thought it was fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> I thought, wow, how good is this? It's funny, that, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, but I, I think it ruins the racing to a large degree. But uh, uh, watching Formula One is interesting now. I mean, it'll probably get boring again, but 
it's interesting because they've got ground effects, which is what my Formula Atlantic car had, mm. and so you've got to run stiff springs, and stiff springs don't like slow corners, you know. So it's it's quite interesting, mm. and and GT cars run stiff springs too. Yeah. So on the quick stuff, they're amazing, but it's it's you know too much, I think anyway. But yeah, the, the three five five was basically a road car. And the 360 was a bit more of a race car and so on and so on until now. I mean, there's an Evo 488 and I believe Ferrari about to do another GT car because GT3 around the world is huge. Mm. It's huge. Massive. But it's expensive. So Massively, it's, yeah. It so, adds up. All, so it's for people that have got a lot of money, yeah, mm. which unfortunately is not me. Mm. But you have driven all those Ferraris. I have, That's yeah, yeah, cool. yeah. yeah. I've cool. driven. And you uh, want to send our five hundred in one? A lot of people forget. Yeah, I won. I've won a few races in the GTs for sure. But uh, and I loved it. I, I wouldn't mind. You know, uh, I was talking to my friend the other day, Greg Creek. Uh, Not many people would say that. My friend Greg Creek. No, no, no. That's why I said it. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm on my own there. I think. <laughs> I think he's friends with that'll Ro- get, that'll get back. I think he's friends with Roland and Paul Morris and me. So that's three. Oh, well, he's, three he's got. That's that's. Oh, and that's, and Gary Rogers. Oh, four. He's, he's flying. He's flying. He's yeah. flying. Uh, Next question. Yeah. Gavin Neeson from Facebook. What do you like and what do you dislike about Gen Three supercars? I, I honestly can't say because I'm, I'm not party to it all. Do you like the concept of where we're going, Camaro Mustang? Uh, well, I feel it has no relevance. You know, what would have relevance? Well, I don't know. I mean, we don't have much to be relevant to with what no, we're we driving don't. the roads anymore. We do don't, we? do we? No. Do, do we? Do we need we, relevance? We, I was about to say, interesting topic. Let's have a quick chat. I don't know. I don't. Are know. we at the point where the line between sport and entertainment is now? We're going to decide that we're more entertainment than sport. I think that's true. Yeah, I think that's true. So there's old schoolers that don't like it because, you you know, they know that the cars are not a Camaro or not a Mustang. And there's the rest of people that watch on TV or go to the track and watch the racing, which is, is good racing. You know, it's very high level. It's very – the standard of driving is, is the highest it's ever been through the field, no question. So it depends which side of the fence you're on. I mean, I think what they're doing is is, is good. Uh, but is it relevant? It's not relevant. So it's obviously got to be for entertainment only. And the fact that they're going to look a bit more like a proper car I think is good because you'll still get people that want to be a Ford person or a GM person. So you'll get a, a, a certain amount of fan fans that go. Uh, I don't – I'm not close enough to it, Aaron, to, to really make a comment. I, I, you know, I could ask Brad, who's very close to it, because mm. he's going to have to run them. Um, yeah, for sure. Whether it's going to save a lot of money. I mean, the engine money it will save will be a little bit, but it's not going to be millions. They're, they're very – it's an expensive category. Mm. Mm. Uh, uh, but not it's much, Not much stuff yeah. – not – there's not many things that are actually cheap motor racing. No, there's not. It's all comparative. Yeah, it is comparative and it's very high level, but it would be, you know, high level if if they were simpler cars, mm. still be They'd high level. They'd find a way to they, they would, spend yeah. money, make them complex. Let's it's look, at, look at this Formula One. It's, you know, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it, you cannot stop clever people 
inventing clever things, you know, mm. and unfortunately that's that's, that's a fact of life, yeah. Yeah. Um, Saren Thatch is a regular listener. How difficult was the 95 Touring Car Championship for you and Dick when there was the tie drama because, of course, the Kobe earthquake had flattened the mm. factory? How desperate did it get for you blokes scrabbling for tyres to just race, let alone win anything or let alone win a championship that year? Yeah, it was, uh, you know, obviously one of my sayings, it was meant to be. No question it was meant to be. Uh, and really I have to give full credit to the, the Dunlop people and Jeff Moorhead in particular who was motorsport manager at Dunlop at the time. And it was when the it was a free tyre category then so we had Different other brands. manufacturers and things and it was really interesting. Uh, I can understand why it's gone to a control tyre. But it was in, as a driver it was interesting because you did tyre testing and they came up with new things and, you know, it was great. Well, Jeff Moorhead with, with his, uh, you know, his company leaders and the Japanese who made the tyres and the English who had also a factory at Birmingham, they all saved the day basically. They they dug the moulds for the tyres out of the rubble. It's unbelievable. It is, isn't it, really, when you think about it. We just thought, oh, so they should, but. You know, nowadays I look. <laughs> nowadays I look back and so they should. So I've they, got a championship. Exactly. Sort yourself out. We got races to do, go. mate. You know, uh, but they dug them out. They flew them to Birmingham, and they made tyres in Birmingham using the same recipe. And the funny thing about it was they weren't the same. The tyres weren't the same. In the way they reacted. Yeah, the way they. Despite being the same mould, same everything, same, same construction, same recipe. You know, there's a recipe for tyres. Mm. Same layout, splash of this and, and a splash, splash of that. that. Yeah, and and uh, and the way the the cords are wound and all that stuff. I don't know. You're getting very very theatrical with your hands. I, I am. Yeah, the yeah, I am. It's like Italian John Bowles. I know. Right. I know. I, I can't. <laughs> the des- Ferrari driver is back. <laughs> I can't describe it. Anyway, they weren't the same, but you know, the, the, it was fantastic. They sent. Engineers from England out, uh, you know, to help us. It was just a, an amazing effort, to be honest. And and us as as D, DJR, Larry as, uh, and I think Russell was there by then. Was he or not? Uh, no, no, it was just. Gardner and the other Crompo were there. Yeah, so we were the. Recipients of all this R and D. It wasn't just for us, but yeah, it was fantastic. And and you know, some tracks it was interesting because some tracks Bridgestone were better, some tracks Dunlop were better, some tracks Yokohama were better, and I think even Toyo snuck in there somewhere. Oh, Bondi had run them in yeah. the Sierra era on oh, no, a Hoosier. Remember Hoosier? Oh, Hoosier Max. For a brief I think Max uh, had Hoosier, didn't he? Max yeah. Dumpsey. I think Cricky had Dumpsey. a crack at him too. Did he? Okay. And I think Mal Rose might have had Goodyear or something. I'm not oh, sure. They but anyway. Him in the Amps car. Oh, did they? Okay. Yeah, yep. Yep. I should have known. Good memory. You'd know. Good memory. <laughs> I like this. I like it. I like yeah. It. So um, you know, I mean, I have to give full credit to. We had a good car. We had a good team, and at the end of the day, Dunlop provided. Enough they for went us. Above to, and beyond they went above and beyond tires, yeah. anything I've ever seen. Mm. It was really impressive. Yeah. Racing viewer on Twitter. Um, this interesting one. One of the few categories that he doesn't recall you ever having a drive in was super touring. Were you interested? Were you ever offered a drive? Or have you even driven one since they had no longer been a, a period mm. category? 
Good question. No, I haven't driven one. I wouldn't mind. Um, anyone out there with a super anyone out there? There's Passes a heap of them, heap of them in uh, New Zealand. Yeah, they're I mean, huge. They're oh, huge. And they they became so sophisticated. They started yeah. real simple. Yes, they and did. And then by yeah. the end of ten years, they were. When I went into went to New Zealand with, uh, to drive the Volvo, uh, there was some, you know, uh, late model super touring there. there. There's one that was built. It was a Mondeo built by ProDrive, mm. so it was one of the last of them. And you lifted the bonnet, there, there was no engine. <laughs> it was like hung underneath the car somehow. It was like, you know, like engineering at its get that finest. Weight back, get, <laughs> get that, that weight, weight back. back and down. It was sort of like under the Bible. It was just, you know, where's the engine? It, uh, so it, it, it out spent itself, mm. to be honest. But early on, Ross Palmer bought two Mondeos from Andy Rouse and Ross wanted me uh, to drive one and asked me to and Neil Lowe by then was working for Ross and I was driving his Ferrari but there was a big, a big anti-super touring amongst the supercar teams, like so Dick and Larry and Freddie Gibson and all those. They hated them because they thought they felt they thought it was going to be a rival. To yeah, them. they felt threatened. Uh, I'm sure. And so I chose not to do it because I thought, you know, I liked being part of DJR and and I liked. You know, Dick was a friend, and I also knew, <laughs> knew how difficult he could be if he did the wrong thing. <laughs> you know, so I thought uh, I'd give this a miss. And unfortunately, I said to Ross, uh, "You know, you should get. I can't really do it because you know Dick's going to be an anti." And uh, uh, so it's not like me to give up a paying job, but anyway, I did. And I said, "You should get Greg." Hansford to drive it and unfortunately, you know, he it was his first race meeting, you know, so very sad, mm. very sad. I was there driving Mazda in the production race and, yeah, it was very sad and, you know, I, I think fondly of him as I mm. do think fondly of his of his son. I don't think you're the only one. I think a lot of people do. Yeah, it's yeah. A, an amazing He's, career and, and he was two great, wheels and four wheels a great as well. And, just, and, and by all reports, a, a, a ripper there. I'll tell you, if you haven't, Read a copy of Neil Crompton's book. I won't give the story away. Okay. Get a copy of it. Yeah. Um, we've got them available in our online bookshop, just yeah. so you know. Okay. Uh, and our listeners know. Yeah. There's a very good Greg Hansford story that Crompo tells in the yeah. book. I, I won't okay. ruin it, but you got to buy a copy, have a read. He, uh, I drove with him fun. in the uh, the 12-hour race and I drove with him a few other times, you know, in the Mazda because mm. he was a, he was a favourite of Alan Horsley's mm. and uh, he, he's just a great guy, good driver and, just a great bloke, so cruisy. Yeah. So cruisy. Totally. He was flat out getting him to the track in time. <laughs> <laughs> and apparently <laughs> the guys uh, from Peter's Motorsport tell me that Ryan's the same. You know, you're like, you you got to go in and wake him up and pull him out of bed. <laughs> Otherwise <laughs> he'd, never, he'd never get there. <laughs> uh, no other super touring opportunities no, along no, the no, way? No. no. When there was the, the, the split between the two races, there wasn't a – Yes, there was. Oh, yes, oh, yes, I like these yes, stories. Yes, there was. Yes, what was there? There was an offer to drive the Renault. What? Yeah, yeah. Jay Boo. I didn't do it. Williams Renault wanted yeah. you to drive at Bathurst. Yeah, yeah. Well, who who did the deal? Um, Graham Moore. Graham Moore. Yeah, Graham Moore wanted me to drive, and I was going to get paid for it, and I didn't. Same deal. Same reason. And and AJ ended up doing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Same reason. 
And did you not do it because you thought it was too hard politically because yeah, yeah. for the same reason? Yeah, yeah, not that I didn't want to. It's, uh, I did want to. was the British Touring Car Championship winning car of and that I'd year. Got, I'd got to know, um, what's his name that raced it? Alan. Alan Menu. Alan Menu. And it was a super bloke. So I was really keen to do it, but I thought it's going to, you know, it's just going to make my life miserable. How far did it? Oh, I went along quite well. Yeah, we got, we, we, we uh, agreed on the terms and money and everything. I just pulled the pin on it. Yeah. Oh, well. <sighs> I know. Well, there's something I didn't know. Yeah, no, no one knows much. Oh, I love that. Not many people know that. Oh. I didn't, uh, you know, I didn't publicise it <laughs> for obvious reasons. <laughs> I should have done. Probably I could have maybe. Could have driven your price up. I probably could have driven my price up maybe, uh, yeah. Well, Bradley never called to drive an Audi. No, no, he didn't. Oh. No, he didn't. Um uh, who drove with him? Um, Frank Beeler. And who was a British touring car. Yeah, 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 of time, course. So. And um, Paul Morris drove with him, didn't he? The next year. He drove next the second year. car with Radisich. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah okay. Yeah. No, no, Bradley didn't. Oh, and, and he I mean, still got I, one of those cars. We could convince I, him to put it back I together know. and get yeah, it out but take the, for a burn. The price would be going through oh, the roof. Yeah, yeah, him yeah. and Kimmy would be rubbing their hands oh, together. Yeah, 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 yeah. Totally, yeah. You could sell silly. it overseas. They're not silly. Yeah. They're not silly. A uh, couple more questions to go right before we finish off. Yeah. Shane Jenkins on Facebook. I asked this one not knowing if there's a story and this could go anywhere. Mm. He says, do you remember Tractor from the Brad Jones Racing Days? If so, do you have a memorable story about him? I don't know who Tractor is. Who's Tractor? Have you got a memorable story about it that we won't get sued for? Um, he's, he was the truckie and, and the truckie – generally does the tyres. So he was the tyre guy. Right. Yeah, tractor. And they called him tractor because he was a truck driver and, you know, truck people call trucks tractors, I think. I don't know. They're trucks, not tractors. I've seen him since. I mean, he's a Do rip- they call tractors trucks or? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I'm not a truck person. But, uh, yeah, he was there for a number of years. Very upbeat character, you know, good fellow. I haven't got any weird stories to tell about him. Brad might have, but... <laughs> You know, uh, truck drivers are their own breed. He's he's a great bloke, and I've seen him since. You know, he's do you know his name? No, we'll find out his name. Yeah, try and find. There's so many people in motorsport you meet, you know the nickname. Yeah, and you never know their actual name. Yeah, you will. We'll find out. You're a good sparker of memories, you know, because uh, just I'm just reminding you how you lost yourself a Williams Renault deal, and yeah, yeah. Sorry, I'm I'm now dark on myself for that. (laughs) Anyway, as it turned out, I mean. Twenty-five years ago this year. It is twenty-five yeah, years, isn't yeah. it? Um, I feel like Tammy Danny Stubbs. I'm not sure if that's Tammy and Danny Stubbs or the one name. I'm sorry if I've got that wrong. But I if it's two of you, yeah, I think it might be a joint Facebook account. Okay. Did you knock back the chance? Oh, geez. Well, we're talking about knockbacks. Here we go. <laughs> to drive an SBR Falcon at a ride day in the mid two thousands. Uh, Would I, Ross and Jimmy have maybe said, "Ah, oh, come and have a drive"? I can't remember. Well, well, they supplied engines to Bradley's team there for a while. They did so late in late in the piece yeah, that I the was there. Uh, there. I honestly can't recall. I mean, Bradley's offered me to have a drive of the car of the future and whatever many times. Uh, Why haven't you? In case I liked it. <laughs> <laughs> in case I liked it. And what if I liked it? I'd go. Oh, I shouldn't have stopped doing that. I'd have a go. And if I didn't like it, or I was too slow, then I'd be dark on myself as well. So you know, I just didn't. No, no win scenario. Yeah, yeah. no win. Yeah. I, I like driving other cars because I just enjoy it, um, and I like the challenge of new things. But you know, in supercars main series, you're measured in tiny increments. You know, mm. so 
I, I don't really want to do that. With my TCM car, we I never look at data or anything. You know, we've, we've got a V-Box on it, which we use for filming footage. Mm-hmm. And, and there's a guy that comes along as he's one of the volunteers, Radio Phil we call him, but he's gone past radios now. He does data and everything. but he, He's multifaceted. Phil. He is, he is. He's actually quite skilled, you know, for a, a, an older bloke. And... You know, I might ask him what the top speed is or something, but that's about it. And then it's like, what time's dinner and where are we going? Yeah, yeah that's right. I don't <laughs> – who's making my sandwiches? <laughs> I, I, don't, uh, I don't worry about it too much, you know, because it's a – data and uh, data analysis and engineering has gone through the roof. Mm. Uh, the engineering, even in, say, Stevie J's car, is magnificent. Uh, it's next level for the TCM. It is really, yeah, cars, yeah. But it doesn't seem to be any faster than, mm. say, Marcus's car, which is a TCM-style car. But, you know, supercars, it's all about a tenth. You know, you're losing a tenth here to this guy. And I haven't got any – no one in TCM drives the same car. So there's nothing to compare so, to. No, like every Tirana is different. Yeah. Every Falcon's different. Every Mustang's different. Mm. Um, That's cool, though. That's yeah, a good well, part yeah, but it. there's no sense in looking at data. No, I it's could not look at compare and contrast. If I look at data from, say, Marcus's car, I go, "All oh, right, okay, That's well, you're faster down the straight." Nothing. So, <laughs> means nothing to me. what am I going to do about that? Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> you need to hold that pedal like you did a Pukekohe a bit harder all yeah. the way through the <laughs> Push it through the floor. <laughs> so yeah, you know. It's uh, it is what it is, isn't it? It is, and I'll tell you what it's been. It's been a great chat. Thank ah. you, JB, for coming in. We we kicked off this whole podcast back in 2019. You were ep one, as I That's said at amazing. the start. I think we're up to ep one eighty nine, one ninety with our two parter chat because we've had that much chat, we could make two parts out of it. So, yeah, okay. um, I think we've. You know what? We still haven't covered all of the ground of your career. So that leads me to one last little question. If I'm still around then in another, be, be another 200. You'll be fine. You'll be fine. I'll we be, go uh, through them quick now. We, we'll, be, we'll be up to 400, 300 before you know it. Um, <laughs> could one day there be yeah. a John Bow book? We've done some books in our time. We're doing some more books this year. I'd Would like, you be up for it one day for us to do a John Bow book? Well, I'd like to. Uh, I'd like to. I've, I've started three times. And not finished. Not finished, yeah, three times. So, so you add up the three starts, there's probably a whole book there. Uh, the first one was with Johnny Evans, the, the late, late, great late Johnny J. Evans. What I actually do we say? Terrific miss. bloke, yeah, who got sick. Mm. Uh, then Marcel, who was did uh, PR for... Worked for David Siegel, Paul Cruikshank, yeah, worked work for David yep. Siegel, yeah, yep. who, uh, who I still in touch with, you know. Um, uh, and we just never finished. Um I don't know where, where the material went. Don't know where the tapes and the last are one the was is, is, uh, Scotty Newman, hmm. who has done a lot of stuff, which if you guys would be interested, I'd, I would like to do it. Because people say, hey, I've asked a few times on social media, should I do it? And I don't know what, what he got, but we did a lot of stuff in COVID because we had nothing to do. So we, sense, he'd yeah. come round to my place, we'd have a coffee and we'd chat away for hours and hours. But whether it's actually book material, I don't know. And he's... Changed his job now, and he's, you know, busy, and he's got a baby, and you know, I think probably him and I need someone of your quality to to get it get done. So we're going to have a coffee about trophies. We're going to have a coffee about get books. it done. Gonna, yeah, get it done. All right, I, I, get I've it got done. A I mean, 
that we've got listeners who would be up for this. They would be all over this. If you'd like, uh, I mean, if I could probably get some people that support me to, you know, sponsor Kick type wise to, to help of, yeah, help yeah, it yeah, or something if you happen. like. But I mean, I need I need to have some proper timelines to and go to we'll the. We'll give you some deadlines, you, and you got to hit them. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. That's, that's a good. All right. Well, there's a positive way to round it off. I'd you like. I'd like you to do, do it. it. You're up for it. Let's find a way to do it in the. The next little while. I've got uh, grandchildren. I'd like them to, when I'm not here, I'd like them to say, gee, Poppy was a bit of a goer, wasn't he, in his day? (laughs) (laughs) And that's not about the girls. (laughs) I thought you meant driving. But, yeah, right, okay. (laughs) I did, I did. That's a good note to end on. Um, Right. JB, thank you for coming in and sitting down with me and going through some Thank you, mate. I'm uh, very uh, in awe of what you do. I think it's fantastic because there's not many people of your generation that in fact there's none that have your knowledge so there you go that's a compliment I'll take that and a massive thank you to John Bow for spending some time here at V8 Sleuth headquarters and going down memory lane with us again it was great to have our first guest back for well this is episode 191 we're getting closer to our all important 200th podcast which probably begs the question who would you like to hear on episode 200 Send us a note through socials. Get in touch via our website. We'd love to hear your suggestions. Head to the website too, bookshop.v8sleuth.com.au. Pick up a great book from our range. Hey, if there's a birthday present you need to buy for someone, get in early for Father's Day maybe. Uh, Our Holden Racing 10 Cars history book is with the printer now. We expect copies to arrive in June or July, so make sure you don't miss out. It is a limited edition numbered copy uh, follow us on socials facebook twitter instagram all that stuff and don't forget every tuesday the castro motorsport news podcast every thursday repco supercars weekly and of course every wednesday it is the v8 Sleuth podcast powered by repco next week i've got another guest well john bow's pretty well known for his time with 18 there's another guy who's known for his time with 18 too he runs team 18 my guest next week is charlie schwerkop I'll chat to you then with that chat next Wednesday. Supercars in Sydney, racing all weekend long, shifting from day into dusk into darkness. Lights on, because in Sydney, we ignite the night. You don't want to miss this. Panasonic Air Conditioning, Sydney Super Night, 19 to 21 July. Book now at Ticketek. Supercars, unforgettable.